Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Happy Sunday. It is October 1st, 2023. And uh, there's a lot of news to cover politically this week. And so uh, we're going to focus on the federal government, the shutdown that didn't happen, what Minnesota's delegation did do. We're going to check in with Representative Betty McCollum in just a minute. And then uh, we're going to talk to somebody from Punchbowl News who covers Congress. Because the other big story that's hanging out there is, will Kevin McCarthy be and remain the speaker? Because one of the top names that is mentioned is Representative Tom Emmer to be speaker. And so there's going to be a lot of speculation in the next couple of days about that. But first, uh, we have her on the line, and so we'll just uh, dive right in here. Representative Betty McCollum joins us this morning. Representative McCollum, thanks for uh, getting up on Sunday morning and uh, and joining us. I know it's been a long few days. It's been a long few days, but I've been up. A, I'm ahead of you in in the time zone. I'm here in Washington because we're going to still keep working this week. At least that's the plan. Well, um, just as you think about your time in Congress, obviously Republicans having control of the House you, though, have been a member of leadership when Democrats are there and you're trying to get some of these bills passed. What's just set the scene kind of behind the scenes amongst members these last couple of days of the brinksmanship and then kind of the final resolution, which all eight members of the Minnesota House delegation voted, uh, obviously, to keep government open and avoid a shutdown? Well, um, and as you said, you're going to talk about possibly uh, Speaker McCarthy's future. So, Let's let's go back to Friday. Um, the Republicans put forward a continuing resolution. They negotiated with the most extreme of the magna Republicans. And uh, McCarthy was trying to do what they asked him to do, bring a bill uh, to the floor to keep the government open that all the Republicans could support. And it was just it was awful. It would have cut. Um, for, for example, we're getting into cold weather. Here in Minnesota, the assistance that our seniors count on and some of our um, hardworking families, the LAHEAP fund, they would have cut that by 75% in their continuing resolution on Friday. So they didn't even, not only didn't they have any support from Democrats, they didn't have any support from the moderate common sense fraction of the Republican Party. So that crashed and burned and we thought, well, it's going to be a shutdown. Uh, But McCarthy um, met with uh, enough folks in his uh, conference to put together a fairly clean CR. There were a few things in there I would have liked to have seen changed, but it was a a clean enough uh, CR to get 
my vote and the vote of the entire Minnesota delegation. And so Democrats helped um, the Republicans pass a continuing resolution to keep the government open. But now uh, we have to stay stay tuned and uh, see what happens, not only for the Ukraine funding in the future, but what happens 45 days from now. We've got a lot of work to do. As you think about two issues that, you know, the far right faction of the Republican conference really wanted to focus on. One is Ukraine funding. Two is border funding. Talk about Mm -hmm. the the bipartisan nature or the coalition of the possible on both of those issues. Well, I'm more uh, in the center focus, uh, you might say, on the Ukraine funding. Uh, having been the former chair of the defense committee that that funds um, some of the programs in Ukraine, uh, as well as now I'm the ranking member. So for nine years, for nine years, the Department of Defense has had a program where we have funded Ukraine. Remember, you Russia invaded the Donbass, they invaded Crimea. And so, um, you know, the United States started this um, National Guard exchange program along with equipping and training the Ukrainians who'd given up their nuclear weapons um, when they left the Soviet Union. They had nuclear weapons there. They 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 removed them. And so they needed to uh, do something because Russia saw them as, you know, easy taking. And so for nine years, we've had uh, a certain amount of money in the Department of Defense that actually helped the Ukrainians be as successful as they have been day in and day out in repelling the Russian invasion and trying to protect their population. So that was in the defense bill, and they had to go to the Rules Committee and strip it out in order to pass their terrible defense bill, and uh, which had LGBTQ uh, you know, attacks on it, attacks on women's rights, all kinds of terrible uh, writers that have no place in a defense bill, their social agenda. And so the Ukraine funding got stripped out of the defense bill. And then for them not to allow it to go in the continuing resolution was, was, was heartbreaking. But I want to point out that over 330 members of the house, that is an overwhelming majority of the house to pass anything have repeatedly Republicans and Democrats in a bipartisan fashion said that we will fund uh, this program that I was talking about in the defense bill, as well as uh, continuing resolution money. So we need to work with the Senate, both Democrats and Republicans who care about, you know, making sure democracies around the world uh, stand united when one of one of democracies attacks. So, uh, that I'm, I'm hopeful on. It's going to be a lot of work. But now that McCarthy has decided to let the bullies go off in the corner by themselves and stop bullying the Republican conference, I think we can make some headway on Ukraine um, funding. But 45 days, we've got to keep the government open. And yes, we do need to discuss what, what's happening in the border. But um, I know um, Mr. Cuellar, who's on a the, our subcommittees for um, border security who lives on the border um, has put forward time and time again ways in which we can um, keep our borders secure not only from you know uh, the fentanyl that's crossing it but also to have um, you know some common sense on on what we do about um, the migration that we're seeing coming from um, Latin America. 
My guest is Representative Betty McCollum. She's still in D.C. Obviously, the House passed late yesterday uh, a bill to keep government open uh, and avoid a shutdown, as she said, for 45 days. Representative McCollum, I want to kind of talk about the dynamics. Um, You bring up Ukraine funding. You talk about border funding. One of the things that I think gets kind of lost uh, in coverage and as those who try to follow these issues or they get only the cable news version of the way in which uh, things get done in Washington is why. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's just take Ukraine, for example. Why can't a standalone bill go forward or on the border or on education funding or on one of these issues? Because I do know that Republicans were trying to get, you know, big budget bills through so that it wasn't just continuing resolutions that we actually had, you know, the traditional way Congress worked. Is that a problem within the caucus for the Republicans or is it just an issue of managing the House agenda? Two two things. We can always disagree upon numbers, but when you have people within the Republican caucus holding their conference, excuse me, they call what they, uh, how they organize a conference. When, when they have bullies within their conference, as we've seen repeatedly saying, no, we're not going to agree. Remember we agreed with the debt ceiling to a buzz, you know, to some budget numbers here that we would fund the government, fund the government at, at uh, 2022 levels, it's not 23 levels, 2022 levels. And we were going to agree on how to divide th- those, those dollars up yep. in the appropriations committee. But that wasn't good enough for the bullies in um, the Republican conference. They took the ag bill to 2006 levels. That would have cut, you know, health and safety inspectors at meat plants. I mean, I could go on and on about the cuts, the cuts uh, for, the food, uh, for the Food and Drug Administration to make sure our, our pharmaceuticals are, you know, pr- produced and manufactured in a safe way to be administered to the American public. The cuts were just horrific. 
2006 levels. And even when they brought that bill to the floor, they couldn't pass that. So McCarthy time and time again has, you know, um, taken um, what an agreement was that he did with President Biden and, and broken it, just just smashed it. And so that's one of the reasons why Democrats are not excited about um, the, the, the numbers in these bills. I mean, I, 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 the cuts go on and on. I mentioned what they were going to do with, with um, you know, Lahib. Um, so the other problem is all these social writers that they put in, anti-gay, uh, lesbian, uh, transgender, um, in the defense bill. I mean, my gosh. We pass Don't Ask, Tell as a House of Representatives. It has worked out just fine in the military. They're slowly trying to undo that. Um, the personal attacks on Defense Department um, folks uh, that we had in our, in our, you know, in the debate on the House floor should give caution to folks. Uh, not allowing women who cannot receive health care that would be covered under the Hyde Amendment. Now, I'm not a fan of the Hyde Amendment, but health care covered under the Hyde Amendment for yep. reproductive health to travel out of a state that prohibits, we have states now that are prohibiting, you know, uh, cases right. of, of uh, terminating a pregnancy with, with rape and incest in the defense bill. You know, when you get a duty station and you're in a station that doesn't have a Department of Defense Healthcare center that provides what is allowed under the, the, the Hyde Amendment, you can't even get it in the state you're serviced in. The Department of Defense said those service members and their families, don't worry, we'll provide you travel to get the health care you are entitled to. I mean, they, they were even prohibiting things like that. So the, the extremists in the party have been allowed to write the bills. Yep. And um, well, the moderates in, in, in the Republican Party don't like them either. Representative McCollum, uh, and I really do appreciate the time this morning. One of the one of the dynamics that I've observed in you know decades of watching Congress is that more and more the party in power does push through their agenda as part of these bills. And if they have the votes, they can obviously pass it. The thing with the Republicans is they haven't had those votes, and then they put you know some of these other pieces in, but. What what I'm trying to get to is, is there a dynamic? Is it possible without those kind of riders, those changes to the bills, okay, that there is a chance that a bill could be put forward without the caucuses that would be allow the Congress to vote on it, the House to vote on it? Let's just pick Ukraine. If that many members support Ukraine, why doesn't a clean Ukraine bill come forward? Is that the dynamics of the Republican process? Because Democrats have been known to put other stuff in, in big bills, too. Well, I, I want to be clear about the process here. The Republicans control the floor. Yes. The Republicans knew there was overwhelming support for Ukraine. The House has voted on it for years. We had two votes in the NDAA in which funding Ukraine prevailed in, you know, uh, uh, anywhere from 298 to, you know, uh, 330 votes. Yep. Two in the NDA, two in the defense bill. But they had to go to the Rules Committee and remove 
the Ukraine funding and the defense bill. Why? Okay. To cater to their extremism. So they're, they're the ones that are changing bills that even their folks have said, you know what? I like that provision for Ukraine's petty. Now, to your point, can a clean bill come to the floor? Well, guess who controls what bills come to the floor? The Republicans. The, the Democrats have available to us what's called a discharge petition, and we were prepared and talking to Republicans about doing that to keep the government open. But we would need five Republicans to join all the Democrats on a discharge petition. We'd love to have more than five. But once those individuals do anything like that, President, former President Trump just swoops in and, you know, attacks them yep. viciously, personally, making things up about them. Um, and so then that that makes people think twice before even joining Democrats to bring something forward on the floor with a discharge petition. So Republicans control the, uh, the, the floor. Yes. And let's remember, a lot of the big things that uh, we've done with the Biden administration, we did them bipartisanly. Maybe not with very many people in the, in the, here in the House of Representatives, but certainly in the United States Senate. Last so, question. Um, um, just because we're going to have to get to a break here. Um, Representative Matt Gates has said he does plan to try to oust McCarthy this week. The name that popped up late last week, Thursday, Friday, was Representative Tom Emmer as a potential speaker. I know he's on the other side of the aisle, but I also know the Minnesota delegation communicates and works on Minnesota things together. And you know your colleague Tom Emmer well. You also understand the role of the speakership. Is If he is... The alternative choice, what does that mean for Tom Emmer? What does it mean for Minnesota? Well, he's one of about four or five names that are being discussed. Patrick McHenry is, Tom Cole. Um, th- th- there are other names. Um, Tom is, Tom is, is well-liked. But, um, you know, I don't know that anybody, anybody in that caucus right now, after sitting on the floor for four days trying to get McCarthy elected, if anybody's a surefire winner over there. I don't think so. Um, I, and I think that's even uh, true, true for Tom, who I have a, you know, we have a, a very a congenial working relationship. I don't know if he could even secure the votes. So um, if Matt Gates does this while we have 45 days to get our house in order to keep the government open, um, he, is, he is just proving what uh, Hakeem Jeffries, our leader, has said over and over again. It's a it's a chaos caucus. And um, if they want to talk to Democrats about doing things, we need to have open discussions and there's going to have to be some rule changes. Other than that, one person, you know, let's say Tom got elected. Somebody didn't like the way Tom, you know, tied his tie in the morning and the Republican conference (laughs) could go down the floor and vacate the chair. Who would want to be speaker? (laughs) Representative McCollum, thank you so much for your time this morning. I know we'll catch up down the line. All the best to everybody back home. Stay cool and go Vikings. The Twins good. are doing better, though. There you Bye-bye. go. Bye-bye. Representative Betty McCollum from Washington this morning on the latest from Washington. Uh, just a heads up, I did invite all four House Republicans to join the show this morning. And between air travel and busy schedules, nobody agreed to. So uh, before anybody texts in and says... Is there going to be a Republican on? They were all invited on the Sunday take this morning. I'm Blaise Olson. More on the D.C. dynamics and drama on Sunday take after this message.
We're back on Sunday Take. I'm Blaise Olson, your host. A couple other events happening this morning. The cancellation of the Twin Cities Marathon. If you're just joining us, the uh, news at the top of the hour and Bob, uh, we'll have more. But I think this is going to be an ongoing debate. And then you might be driving and not uh, in tune. But uh, Europe is leading 14-8 to in the Ryder Cup. They only need another half point, And they lead in two matches. So it looks like unless there's miracles or amazing golf, Europe will win the Ryder Cup. And that's because the Americans didn't show up either Friday or Saturday morning uh, and play good golf. But one of my favorite uh, sporting events uh, of every two years. Uh, and I'm looking forward to when it comes back to Hazeltine here in Minnesota. You know, hearing from Betty McCollum, you get a sense about kind of just how chaotic and messed up DC is. And I'm the texts are coming in and we'll talk about it in the take later and we'll continue to follow it. But I want to, I want to kind of focus on a little bit of the positive eight members, all eight house members in Minnesota delegation did vote to keep the government open. And it's kind of like any negotiation until the last possible minute. The Republicans tried to get what you know the extremes wanted, and then you know they avoided the shutdown. Um, it's the drama you don't need. It's the distraction you don't need. But there's also, I think, America has just tuned out of Congress, the games, the gamesmanships, the rules. Um, I just think it's it's uninteresting. It's boring. If if that made sense, you would have much more bipartisan coalition making uh, that's out there. And I think that it's, you know, one of the many signs of just how uh, dysfunctional Washington is. So uh, as we kind of push forward here in the show, I'm going to stay focused on the federal government and this big question that's out there. If. Republicans led by Matt Gates are successful in ousting Kevin McCarthy. Where does Tom Emmer fit in that race? Micah Solner from Punchbowl News is going to join us next. And I'm going to ask her about Emmer, the internal dynamics and how it is. Remember, Emmer is the third highest ranking Republican right now. He's also part of, quote, Team McCarthy. He has said he's not interested, that McCarthy is his speaker. But it's not accidental that he's one of a handful of names being suggested to be the next speaker. When we come back, Micah Solner from Punchbowl News on the dynamics in Congress and Tom Emmer's chances at speaker. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Micah Solner from Punchbowl News joins us now. Mika, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Bruce. Um, let's just start with the biggest question in the room. Matt Gates said earlier this morning that uh, he does plan to try to oust Kevin McCarthy this week. Bring our listeners up to speed on the last couple of days and where Tom Emmer's name fits in this speaker race, if there is one. Sure. Um, so there's been a lot of speculation this Congress, 
you know, just about the prospects of Speaker McCarthy's future, primarily tied to Matt Gates, who has stepped up a lot of his attacks on uh, McCarthy in the last month or so. He's been publicly attacking him on Twitter, but he's been long threatening to oust him from the speakership throughout Congress for, you know, various reasons. Um, and clearly, you know, he has the biggest, I think, public facing feud with him. So there were a few names floated this week on potential successors from McCarthy, kind of that early conversation. Tom Emmer was one of those names and I have heard from my own sources that he would, um, be someone of potential interest by some of the more conservative Republicans because, you know, he has a good standing with a lot of the GOP conference among some of those hardliners as well as, you know, others and clearly in leadership. Um, so that's how his name was tossed as well as some others like, uh, you know, um, I heard Kevin Hearn, for example, of Oklahoma, um, you know, Drew Ferguson of Georgia. These are just some, some of the some of those that, you know, could be potential contenders if it comes to that. Obviously, the kind of chaos slash, you know, brinksmanship of the last few days took a lot of energy. Uh, It took a lot of work from McCarthy. Um, Other than Gates, how damaged is he within the caucus uh, and the conference? And and or is there a new model that he could govern with or lead the House with after this last, you know, continuing resolution passed? Is there starting to be a a mood or a sense that maybe it could become a more bipartisan House, especially as they want to pass these big budget bills in a more traditional way? Um, I think I think that's a great question. And that's that's clearly what's on everyone's mind. Um, You know, I think that McCarthy overall is going to have the backing of the majority of his conference. And it's really just a handful of Uh, people that have been anti-McCarthy this whole Congress. I mean, these are the people that didn't even vote for him for speaker back in January and kind of held up that week-long, never-ending process to get him to the gavel. But even people, some of these other, you know, hardline Republicans, whatever you want to call them, um, some of these members in the Freedom Caucus are, you know, not not supportive of the move to oust him, I would say. you know, and some of them did support McCarthy back in January. But even, um, you know, Freedom Caucus Chair Scott Perry, for example, said he he is not involved in any of this. This isn't really his thing. Um, I think we would hear the same from Chip Roy since they were helping him negotiate some of the deal that obviously went down last week with the um, uh, the the funding funding bills um, and the stop stop gap. So. You know, I think that this is largely just kind of a few people, but I think it depends on who they, who they can rally. And I think we're going to see if McCarthy chooses, you know, to work with uh, Democrats more as, as he has as he had this week. Mika Solner is my guest. She covers Congress for Punchbowl News. Mika, obviously, we're in Minneapolis uh, in Minnesota. This show and podcasts are kind of listened to for folks from Minnesota. When I watched the Minnesota delegation, Knowing each of them, knowing their politics, the spectrum from Dean Phillips to Ilhan Omar, from you know Tom Emmer to Michelle Fishbach, uh, we've got we've got a spectrum of views in both caucuses and a four-four delegation. Um, all eight of them voted for the continuing resolution. At the end of the day, was it the sense uh, that the shutdown was just bad politics for Republicans, and that? Democrats were still not willing to kind of uh, give up on trying to find a way forward? 
I think so. I mean, I don't. McCarthy never wanted to shut down, and it would have been it would have been terrible, especially since he had not only Democrats, you know, tying blame to him and and the Republican Party as a whole, but members of his own party. You know, besides Matt Gates, you could hear people like Ralph Norman from South Carolina saying it's on GOP leadership; it's their fault. So if you have members of your own party tying a government shutdown to you, it's really not going to be good, uh, especially going into next year, a critical election year. So, you know, I think that there was a lot at stake for him. And, you know, the 11th hour, you know, move, um, I think just kind of proves that he was really in a a tight place. Um, But yeah, we did see Democrats come at the last minute too to kind of, you know, secure that and and make sure the government does stay open. Um, You know, to me, it was a surprise just to kind of see uh, the quick turnaround of events after, you know, I think a lot of people in Washington were convinced there was going to be a shutdown. One of the big issues here is the farm bill. Obviously, September 30th was the deadline. They did not hit it. Um, You have that. You have some other big issues. Now you're going to have potentially the distraction here. Just play out the next week or two in Congress uh, in what can get done and, uh, you know, what you think, you know, the the ability to get things done will be in the next two weeks. Yeah, I think, that you know, there, there could be some movement on um, a lot of uh, the farm bill and the FAA and some of these other things that need to be taken up. But um, I do think that this week is largely going to be focused on the motion to vacate Um, you know, however you may view that, yeah. um, you know, just in terms of, I guess it's going to, it's going to shake up things quite a bit. Um, I, and there's no timeline yet given by Matt Gates on, I think when he would uh, actually file that motion. So, um, you know, I, I'm, unfortunately the focus again is not policymaking. <laughs> um, so if you want to put it that way, but I think that's going to take up a lot of the news space and a lot of the attention of the lawmakers um, here on Capitol Hill, because it will also be a test for Democrats to say and what they're going to decide to do if it comes to that, if they're going to help McCarthy at all. Mika Solner from Punchbowl News. Thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. Thanks so much. If you don't follow Punchbowl News, you should. It is if you like the granular nature of morning take and lunch take and our tip sheets, Punchbowl News is the same style out of D.C. Check it out, punchbowl.news. I'm Blaise Olson. The Take is up next. We're back on Sunday Take. I got to say, Charlie, if we're going to have the USA Gymnastics Studios mm-hmm. till next summer, we need some, like, balance beams and stuff in here. I was, gonna, I was thinking about putting down a mat. Yeah. I think we need to start tumbling. Mm-hmm. We should start, like... Uh, uneven parallel bars, maybe. The mini trampoline here. Mini trampoline. Yeah. I'm down. Uh, I mean, if it's going to be the gymnastic studio, we should be able to do gymnastics in the studio. If Chad Hartman isn't doing a somersault in here by this week. Exactly. I I think his handstands would be mildly entertaining, to say the least. Uh, look, it is uh, it is that kind of humor that we may need over the next year plus to get through the next presidential election and the next congressional election. We might need to do some gymnastics to figure out how to make this country work again. There's just a lot of things that don't make sense. It doesn't make sense that a handful of people can shut down Congress. And on the other hand, it doesn't make sense that Democrats that are more moderate wouldn't run 
to find a way forward to pass a farm bill, to pass budget resolutions, to make Congress work. It's either the pressure inside the bubble of the Beltway is so strong or the threats of activists back home that keep moderates from leading in this country. When you look at poll numbers in the presidential race and the favorability or unfavorability of Congress, it is no miracle that they could even function. You think about the power they hold. And, you know, there is a bubbling, soon to be boiling, whether it's in 2024 or 2026 or 2028, populism under the under the feeling and the surface of American politics right now. You look at the lack of interest in Trump and Biden. You look at the lack of competition in these congressional races or the competitive lines. And no matter what side you're on, you draw the lines to your favor. So Democrats can point to Republicans, but they have to look at each other. They have to look at themselves in the mirror about the way they draw lines, too. And that means Minnesota's in a unique position. Our House delegation is four to four. And while Republicans haven't been successful statewide for 13 years, there is a sense. And some of the early signs of that will happen this fall locally. The Duluth mayor's race is one that we are watching and we'll talk about in the next month. Another one I think locally is now emerging is this special election in Hennepin County where you are going to have an open seat in the suburbs of Hennepin County where one of the candidates is Mary Moriarty's domestic partner. And Mary Moriarty, the subject of a Star Tribune front page story today about plea bargains, is going to be on the ballot even though her name is not. The way in which we handle crime, violent crime, the plea bargain. It's another example of this nonsensical side of politics. I'm all for rehabilitation, but if you've committed murder or a violent crime multiple times and you've been a gun owner, there has to be a consequence. And that's where middle Minnesota and the mood is, it just doesn't make sense. Just like in D.C., when a few handful of people can stop Congress from being productive. It just doesn't make sense. And when I went out to get my newspaper this morning, it was 70 and beautiful. And so that's why canceling the Twin Cities Marathon doesn't make sense to so many people. Now, it does make sense. And as I look at the X this morning, it's not even politics. But the cancellation of the marathon is the discussion. And guess what? The tribes are predictable. Those who lean a little left talk about how we just have to be safe. And those on the right are like, huh, soft. We're soft. Candy bleep is one of the 
words that came in on the text line this morning. And so whatever happened to this idea that there was just a sense that you should live life, get things done, and move on, and that things should make sense. So my take this week is, in your own life, have things that make sense. We all have decisions every day. But picking a side on a marathon, Congress not working, violent criminals getting plea bargains, is just this week's example of things that don't make sense to middle Minnesota or middle America. Follow us this week. Go to fluence-newsletters.com to sign up for any of our tip sheets. I'll be with Vanita at 620 Monday through Thursday. And until next week, let's hope the Vikings get their first win. This is Sunday Take. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.